Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street, Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street, and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. And I'm Ian. And on this episode, thinking, doing, playing board games, we got a lot of cool stuff. And Ian, it is the Mechanics Series, and it's your turn. So what is on the menu? Well, we're going to have a special guest this week. Mike Holmes is coming on to talk about tile laying. (laughs) Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They're the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. And we're back. This is Cardboard Conjecture. We're going to go into thinking, doing, playing board games. And Ian, you have a very interesting title. Yeah, I actually played a new game. (laughs) A game from 2020 even. That new. And it's a game that I haven't played yet. I haven't played it either. That's why I was like, I want to hear this right away. Yeah, it's uh, called Santa Monica, and it is, it's a neat little game where you're building up a beachfront, and so it's kind of one of those more laid-back, you know, Sunday afternoon type games, and you're building your beachfront in using cards, like location cards, Yeah. and you've got two rows of cards. There's the boardwalk and then the beachfront itself, cool. and each card has little tags on them, and what you're trying to do is get combinations of these, these tags. And you're also trying to get uh, people into different spots on the cards. And so like you want a couple of people to go play beach volleyball and a couple of people to go surfing and a couple of people to go to the bike shop. And if you can get your people into the right places by the end of the game, you score a heap load of points. But if you don't, you're actually going to lose points if, if you follow your tourists are just wandering around with nothing to do. <laughs> I'm checking so, the, car- the cards look cool. The, the artwork awesome. is great. Yeah, the artwork is is really, it's just like fun artwork, right? It's one of those things you can look at and just kind of pick out the little details in the little crabs on the beach and stuff like that. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of almost almost like a old school, like 8-bit Nintendo, but just like a little <laughs> bit cleaner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, call, I kind of, I'm kind of looking at it and I know it's not the same kind of, part of the country but it, it kind of gives me that king of the hill feel <laughs> okay <laughs> you know you know what i'm talking about or my show my age oh i know uh, what you're yeah, talking. I like the, like the artwork it. style that artwork style right that cartoonish kind of yeah cool yeah. it's a neat game you can build ice cream shops and stuff like that it's it's a two to four player obviously we played it with two uh, Josh Wood is the designer, and it's it's not like an overly complicated game. It took us maybe half an hour, forty minutes to play. Um, it's but it's neat. Like I don't really have anything very similar to it. Okay, with the way that you're you know you're playing the the cards. There's lots of lots of games where you play the cards that will determine how you're going to score points right so like you have to accomplish this goal and this goal to score points but then the cards are also a big part of the spatial element itself Mm -hmm. and there's the movement aspect of having to move the people around the cards that's pretty neat as well so i like it quite a bit i i'm happy that i picked it up i'm i'm having a look at it and i'm kind of digging the idea that you build your your worker placement tableau is that yeah i'm getting the sense of it yeah cool I mean, it's not, I don't know, worker placement's not the way to go. It's just that you're trying to get people to certain spots. Yeah. Like a, oh, I guess so. Um, okay. 
Yeah. When you play the card, you'll trigger the action that happened. Like there's an immediate, you get this and this and this once you play down the card. Yeah. And then it's also got the, here's the way you can score with this card if you can do that by the end of the game. Oh, cool. cool. I, you know, I haven't seen anything. You're right. I haven't seen anything that, that duplicates this or replicates this or. Yeah. It's kind of neat. It, it, I, I know I remember a lot of people, there was buzz yeah about the about this game there's a lot of people that really really enjoyed it um last year and it's actually making a bunch of top lists i just don't did you so, so you actually bought this and this is like a brand new purchase right yeah it was out of stock for a long time uh so i was kind of waiting on it ryan <laughs> sounds more amazed with the purchase than he does with the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no I, I just dug the theme and so i thought oh i want to get this game and it finally came back into stock, so I, I snatched it up. Nice, right on, cool. Well, Ryan, moving on. Let's uh, let's go to some uh, some sure. some newness. Sure. So mine's uh, kind of like a game that was getting a lot of buzz uh, not not too long ago, and I my copy just showed up not too long ago. Um, this is the brand new Jamie Stegmeyer um, Stomeyer Games game called Red Rising. So um, I finally play a brand new game and Ryan's got to outdo me by getting one even newer. <laughs> and, and Kickstarter hyped too. <laughs> no, no. Stonemeyer well, Games right, does not right. do any Kickstarters oh. anymore. See, bad, con- bad norm. Conjecture. Right? <laughs> Conjecture. So, um, yeah. So the pre-orders went up a while ago for the collector's edition of Red Rising. And of course I have massive FOMO and so I <laughs> pre I pre-ordered it so that I could have the fancy version. Um now Red Rising is kind of a I would I would describe it as a card combo type of game. What you're what you're actually doing actually actually explain the theme a little bit because it's actually based off of a um a sci-fi book series out there called uh, called Red Rising. Right. And, and it's I don't getting know- a lot of it's getting a lot of acclaim. Like it's a I I, I really want to read it. It's uh, after after playing the game, I kind of also want to read the books too because it kind of the just the flavor text kind of got me a little bit interested. And anyways, it's a it's a science fiction universe where everybody's been divided into different like say like houses or guilds or something like that. And there's a, there's a ranking where the golds are up at the top and the reds are at the bottom um, type of thing. And and in this game, what you're doing is you're, it's a bunch of card comboing. So what you are doing is you have a hand of five cards at the very beginning of the game. And what you'll do is you'll end up playing one of the cards and then doing whatever the action it says, kind of like what you were describing, that like you play a card, do an action. Um, but then you also have to pick up a card from one of the four locations that are at, on the board. And picking up a card will also trigger the location's action. But what you're really trying to do in this game is every card's got some points associated with it, but then there's massive bonus points if, say, oh, I have this red card and it's worth 10 points, but now it's also worth an extra 20 points if you also have this other card in your hand as well. Or there's other ones where it's like, oh, this card is is worth 10 points right now, but it's also worth five points per different color card that's in your hand at the end of the game as well. Or sometimes even them they have negative points where it's like, hey, it's worth 20 points if this guy is in your hand, but also it's, you could lose 20 points if this other guy is in your hand type of, um, type of card play. And what's really interesting is that you're really kind of locked in to five, having like five cards for like the entire game, unless if you find some of these lucrative cards that allow you to actually gain some extra cards. But in our some of our plays, we haven't went above a hand size of like, I think my biggest hand size I ever had was eight cards mm. and then you start and you start with five. So it's really, really hard to gain extra cards to kind of like get some extra synergies and some extra combos type of thing. Mm. And it's one of those Jamie Stegmeyer designs where it's like, Hey, um, the end game triggers um, happens when certain something happens. Like in this one, it's, Hey, if any one of these three, sorry, sorry. No. If once three conditions are met, there's uh, you have, you have to go up certain the height on this fleet track, which is just a track that gets you points. Um, if you've collected seven of these helium tokens, which is just a resource, 
or if somebody has seven influence in this one guild that's on the board, once three of those things have been met, the the game is the game is over. Okay. And like all three have to be like terraforming Mars. Like yeah, all three. Yeah, okay. Or one person has to have completed two. If one person's completed two, that's also that that also triggers it. So I, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the game. It's a, it's a fun puzzle. There's a lot of people that are really frustrated with it. And I can see because I had a couple frustrating plays where my opening hand of cards did not synergize very well. <laughs> and I had, to happens, yeah. I, had to, I had to consistently try to cycle the cards and get back and like, hmm. And it's a massive deck of cards. There's one card that I remember seeing where it says, hey, it's worth extra 20 points if this one character comes out. Never saw the whole character oh, in the yeah. entire game. So I'm like, <laughs> just going to have to ditch that card eventually because I'm not going to get the bonus points off of that one. Yeah. But, and cool. uh, I have the collector's edition and my evaluation of the collector's edition is um, the collector's edition is not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 game, the gameplay is solid. The gameplay is really, really good. But uh, the, so what the collector's edition has it has these um, fancy card holders with all the colors. So all the guild colors on this because you get, you get a guild at the beginning of the game mm. and you get a matching card holder. Well, except for there's, they're too flimsy. They, they fall over. Like if you just breathe wrong, all the cards will fall over and show everybody your hand and stuff like that. So the card holders were not worth it. Um, it has a f- fancy plastic inlay, like a plastic tray to hold everything. I guess it's okay for what it if it's okay for what it is. Um, inserts. Who needs inserts? The um, the gold faction and the yellow faction are very close. So except for in the collector's edition, the gold faction actually has gold emboss on the cards. So like they're oh sorry, gold foiling mm-hmm. on the cards looks really nice. Except for it. If the card is face down, you can totally tell that it's a gold card because the emboss has went has been pressed through the back of the card, so you can actually tell it's that it's, bl- it's quite, blemished. Yeah, you can actually tell it's a gold card because you can tell there's something on the other side because of how much the foiling is pushed through the card during manufacturing. Um, what else is about this collection? So, really, that's that's a that's it. Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it? <laughs> Where does it fall in the weight range? It this is I would say a, a light medium type of type of game. Like the gameplay is light enough. Like the, <clears throat> you're only doing what I said. You're either you're playing you're playing a card then picking up a card is what you're doing on your turns, and you're just trying to find that synergy and finding those combos to try to score you all, all, all of your points. There is lots of text on the cards and no iconography. Uh, so that's a that's a thing. So you're always going to spend your very first hand reading all five of your cards seeing what do they actually do when i play them and just kind of inventorying all the the, the card abilities yeah trying to sense and, a synergy. and, 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 lo- and lots of cool. the things are kind of like very similar in nature like they probably could have came up with some iconography maybe but there but there's tons there's boatloads of different effects boatloads of different effects i don't know if they could actually it sounds like know. a game where you have to pivot tactically a lot depending on what what you start pulling out of the deck. Oh yeah. Like I could start off the game with like, Hey, um, this, this <laughs> card, and the, 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 like these three cards synergize really well together. Cool. Or I could have the game like I did and none of the cards and you have yeah. to dig a little bit more, do a little bit more work. And, and there is a mechanic where once you are maybe happy with the synergy of the cards you have, you can just start just drawing cards off the top of the deck just to trigger actions, just to try to kind of start pushing the timer on the game because you've got your, you've got your synergy already. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I, I don't know. I really enjoy the gameplay. It's a, it's a fun puzzle. My, minus the fact of the, you know, couple of things on the collector's edition. Now there's a retail editions coming out really, really shortly here, I think. And then you can also buy a collector's edition upgrade pack. And I'm going to offer my opinion here that the, you do not need that upgrade pack to enjoy this game. Not not one not one bit. <laughs> <laughs> All that superfluous superfluous. Yeah, that's. Am I saying sentence. that right? I think they're yeah. Am I am I using this in the right context? You don't need all that <laughs> stuff to enjoy this game. It's a good enough game, just as it is. Cool, cool. Well, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up this segment with uh, one of my favorite because 
first of all, Mel likes to play it, so that's awesome. And uh, it's Dragon Castle, uh, designed by Halmar Hack, Luca Ricci, and Lorenzo Silva, published by Simon or Come On, you know, GIF. It's GIF. Come, come on. I know, it's Come On. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Cool minis or not. Come on. Come on. Um, it is the easiest way to start the conversation on this is take the game Mahjong and give it a little bit of a Euro spin where, um, so what it is, is uh, a pile of Mahjong tiles are stacked up and prepared in front of you, depending on what kind of, what kind of uh, um, temple, uh, starting temple you want to build. Now to uh, back up a bit for those people who don't know what Mahjong tiles are, um, it's a, uh, I, I believe, um, as it says here in the, in the, in the notes here, Dragon Castle is a game freely inspired by the traditional Chinese game, Mahjong. Um, so there are six different, let's put it the easy way, six different color sets representing um, uh, easy factions and special tiles that give you, as far as, you know, your typical set collecting where you're going to have um, regular goods and you're going to have, um, you know, uh, expensive goods, that kind of differential. Uh, and each of those sets, there's uh, like there's yellow, red, green, and then there's blue, uh, black, and purple. Now, as this game is this this table, there's 24, probably close to 150 tiles, and they're all prepared in this stack. And and what happens is on your turn, um, you are going to do one of three actions. You're going to take a mahjong tile. You always start with taking a mahjong tile off the top layer. And then you can either um, ditch it for a point or you can add, take a uh, shrine, which is basically the, the architectural roof that you see um, in most of the, of the ancient civilization Chinese ar architecture. Um, or the, off, the, the, the one that most happens is you take a tile off the top and then you take a matching, identical matching tile anywhere off the rest of the pile, as long as it respects the, the rules of selection. And I think it has to have a long side showing. And so what you do is you take all of that and you bring it onto your board and you're starting to build your own little temple in your own little region. And um, uh, it's, it's such wonderful um, um, set collecting and caching, very similar um, me like mechanism wise to Ticket to Ride. Right, you're collecting cards and then you cash them. And, and in this case, when you cash them, it's called consolidate. And if you now, when you put it on your board, the rules that you have to respect are the colors have to touch or th the tiles have to touch color respecting orthogonally. Now, once you get four in a row, you you have to consolidate. And the cash in signatures of these consolidations are very much like ticket to ride. You you cash. Uh, a set of three for you know a small amount of points, and the larger you get for your for your contiguous cash in, the bigger the points. Now, here's the coolest part about this: is that there's a three dimensional quality as you're building up. Um, I, I refer to the shrine tiles, like the roof tiles. Those are your end of game cap points. If you can have a shrine that is three tiles high and you cap it off, depending on its color, you get, I mean, uh, not depending on the color, but depending on its height, you get a certain amount of end of game points. So it's such a cool puzzle to solve. It plays great at two players. It plays great at four. And I think maybe, no, it goes to four. Now, again, um, the base game is awesome. They have cards where, um, if you like the spirit cards, dragon cards, spirit cards are a rule breaker. So you pull a card and go, Oh, this time you can go, you know, it gives a little kind of minor rule break to change the strategy. And then the other card is uh, end of game scoring conditions where it adds another, you know, kind of condition so that you can start chasing different ways to score points. Um, and as I said, we still just play the base game because it's so good. 
This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. And we are back. This is Cardboard Conjecture, and we are on the topic of interest, the mechanics series. And this time we got some handyman work, Ian. Yeah, we're going to be talking about tiling games. Tiling games. <laughs> wait for a special oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. That, oh, wait, that was my cue. We're laying tile all night long. <laughs> we should not have waited for that cue. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, guide us, take us through your, uh, take us through your tour guide. Hey, hey, David Wilcox is a Canadian treasure. He's an icon. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to, I'm going to set up a structure here and then we'll talk about it. You guys throw in games that you want to talk about where appropriate. Uh, oh, I, I know I Ryan made a list of every game I've ever played <laughs> as his games he wants to talk about. So and this I've one, got games. And this one and this one, and we can talk about this one. So let's start with the definition. So what is a tile game? How, how would we define it? So I kind of came up with one. You guys see what you what you like about it and what you want to change about it. I agree. I'm oh, sorry. That's a little premature. <laughs> I just said a tile laying game would be a game that involves acquiring tiles. And usually their square or hexagon seems to be the way to go there. And... If you uh, if you know your math tessellations, you'll understand why. And then <laughs> placing them into strategic spatial designations, and that's the definition I came up with. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. There's always there always seems to be a spatial right piece to most of these to most of these games. I wouldn't say all of them, but yeah, but most of them always have some sort of hey. This, if this is next to this, or you have to continue a pattern, or you have to... Yeah, I was going to say there's a continuity connection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The poster child, of course, is Carcassonne, which is one of the huge hobby games yeah. that we've had in the last 20 years. I mean, you put it in the same echelon as Catan and... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ticket Ticket ride. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so Carcassonne's kind of the poster child. Uh, when we're talking about tile lane games, I would say there's two areas that the tile games can can adjust so that they make themselves unique and make themselves stand out. And so the first one I want to talk about is how the tiles themselves are actually acquired. So okay. Carcassonne is just a random draw. Right? You just draw the tile and you have to place it. Where you place it is, is what's important. So it's just a random draw. But you also have things like markets to acquire the tiles. Mm -hmm. And two that I came up with here are Alumbra, which has an interesting four different uh, mm -hmm. places, different currencies that you can buy your tiles with. And then Suburbia, which has the, the market that gets cheaper. The descending. The tiles go yeah. down. Right. And then I also put auction on there and then I couldn't actually think of any for auction off the top of my head. Um, but what do you guys have for, for interesting first? ways that tiles are acquired? The first one that pops in my head is Isle of Sky. Cause, mm -hmm. yeah. cause it's, it's, is it auction or is it bidding? Like, a, I mean, it's, it's cause just to explain to people that you have, you put, you put out front, you put out in front of your store, three tiles that you have. And then behind your screen, you allot how much they're worth. And then simultaneously everybody reveals. And then we all have turn, take turns to see if we want to buy whatever, but whatever doesn't sell, we have to purchase. And I've, I always thought that was, that was very dynamic in regards to, I mean, as you pulled these tiles, like, well, these are great tiles, but it's, they're not necessarily yours yet. So yeah. you have to creative strategically come up with a way of going. And here's for, for, with me, I always go, okay, this tile, everybody's going to want this tile. So let's put it at, oh, I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to, I want to buy it. So let's put it at a high price and, and, you know, more times than not, it gets someone takes it and it's like, oh, I should have 
like again my own fault i don't know how to appraise anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah the being able to value the tiles is, is a really interesting aspect of that game because you are fighting with how badly do i want it and yeah. how badly do i want other people's money <laughs> yeah yeah and, and another one that kind of does a similar i would say gives a similar feel would be um the castles of mad king ludwig where one one once every now every now and then you become what they refer, they refer to as the master builder, and what the master builder does, they get to adjust the prices of all of the room tiles that you're that are going to be bought, and you want people to buy those room tiles because that's going to provide you income to buy tiles when it is when you are not the master builder and you're actually going to be building out your castle. And so I, I get that similar type of feel where it's like you have to appraise, where it's like, <laughs> I, I, I want this tile, so I don't want anybody else to buy because I want it to still be available when it comes time for me to buy type, yeah. of, type of thing too. Yeah. And you don't know who's got deep pockets. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Castles of Making Ludwig actually falls into one of those categories where the, the, the tiles themselves um, aren't perfectly square. Um, they are larger mm. shapes, but you have to try to yep. But you have to match up the openings, which are like straight line segments Doors, and kind of yeah. Square, yeah, that, are, are kind of square ish. Yeah, that continuity. where they join. But there's large rooms, there's small rooms. They're not. They're all kind of like funky shapes and different takes on like squares and hexagons and octagons and circles and yeah. Now here's a curious curious question, and I I can't remember. You guys can. Tell me if this works now. Would Azul be considered a tile placement game? They're small. It's to Ryan because I've only played it once. They're small little. They're small little tiles, like kind of a ceramic, you know. Chicken. Well, Norm, let's refer back to my definition. Do you acquire them in interesting ways? Yeah. Yes, yes it's a draft. Do you place them in a strategic spatial designation? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. There's no argument. Let's move on. But yeah, because they don't have they don't have to be um, map flat tiles. pieces of flat pieces of cardboard. Yeah, they, they they could be other thing. Like we've seen, I've seen games now. They're starting to make the tiles out of um, acrylic materials or the like those like you said like there's a plastic ceramic type of uh, yeah, tiles. Yeah, because the Azul ones the, uh, they look like starbursts, and I want to eat them all. <laughs> Um, uh, I have some hey. Starburst in my living room. Oh, I actually, I actually forget. Uh, how? What do you do with the Azul tiles? I forget. I only played it once. And that was a long time ago. So when you, what you're trying to do is when you acquire the tiles, you're filling up the left-hand portion of your board, which are there are spaces for like one, two, uh-huh. three, four, five, and once a row is full, then you get to transfer one of those tiles over to the right-hand side of the board. And that's when it's going to score you points as long as it is it, if it ends up being adjacent to other placed tiles. And so okay. the, the, like the top ones, to the you. top one, the top ones fill up faster because they're easier to fill up. They're shorter. And the, yeah. bo- and the, and the bottom ones are harder because you need more tiles to fill those ones up. It's like meters okay. that trigger a special. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I can't okay. think of anything else. There is hmm. one other There's one I wanted to talk about for this, which was Glenn Moore. Yeah, because Glenmore's got an interesting. You get you get to basically take tiles, like yeah, you just take a tile per on your turn. But you're going around a track, and the tiles are laid out on a track, and so you get to go. Basically, you get your choice of tiles. But if you go too far up the track, everybody's going to get to go keep More taking turns. tiles until they catch up to you. Yeah, and so if you want, if you see a really good one down the road, you can go ahead and take it. Yeah. Uh, but it may cost you turns. And I like that idea of tile selection through a rondelle mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, and there's, there's two um, Uwe Rosenberg games that do this quite um, well too. Um, Patchwork and Nova yeah. Luna yeah. both have the same mechanism of um, in Patchwork, you get to select one of the for next three tiles, wherever the piton is. And, that one has the economy where as long as you're acquiring buttons and you're moving up on a track, and if you are still behind in that track, you still get to um, select tiles. Yeah. Place down your board. Nova Luna does the same thing, except for there's no, um, there's no like button currency in, in Nova Luna. It's just like 
how far do you get to actually go forward? If it's a very valuable tile, you actually have to jump far ahead and not as valuable tiles. You don't advance very far. So you can take, you can take a valuable tile, jump far ahead, but then it's not going to be your turn for quite some time again. I, I call that the Takedo movement mechanism. <laughs> so what do you guys think now? Here's a, here's another kind of quirky cause you're, we're talking about uh, acquiring these tiles, right? We're still on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Galaxy Trucker. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. a very fun way of acquiring tiles. Who now again? I I'm pretty sure you guys have played way more of Galaxy Trucker than I. So you guys take it on on describing to the listeners what what's going on in that one. That one's just one, two, three, Ryan, go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, I was pitching to me. Yeah, Galaxy Trucker is a really fun one because it's um, what you're doing is you're acquiring your tire tiles in real time with the other <laughs> with the other players. Panic. And so, so what you're essentially doing is you just grab a tile, bring it over to your board, flip it over, and see it. Does it does it fit on my board? And if it doesn't fit on your board, you can either save it or you can just pitch it back into the big to the big massive pile of tiles in the middle of the table. And you're doing this, like everybody's doing this in real time. And ultimately you're all trying to build your own spaceship to, to take it out on its, uh, on its, on its course. Oh yeah. It's got all those things that Ian <laughs> said that there's this, there's the spatial part where you have to match up connectors and um, rocket boosters can only be placed in certain configuration. Guns yeah. can only be fair, can do this thing. Um, there can't be anything blocking a gun. There can't be anything blocking a rocket booster. They you have to be powered. Bad. You have to be powered with batteries. Oh, you, yeah. have have, you have to have crew. You have to have storage. And the timer. That Oh, man, that timer just well, triggers it, my panic. Well, we, we, we talked about this way back in the past with the, with, with the, real, with the real-time games, especially when we were doing um, our interviews with uh, Travis Jones and his pendulum. This one does induce um, mass panic when people <laughs> start flipping over the timer and like, I have nowhere near <laughs> completing my ship. And it's fun too because there's a stage right before after everybody's done cl- um, building their ships. There's the check stage oh, yeah. where you have to check everybody's ships if they're see built. if they actually were built properly and there's no loose connections or things. Because one misplaced tile could actually destroy your entire ship before you even yeah. start to play the game. <laughs> yeah, your engines are hooked up to nothing. <laughs> so yeah, that I, I thought okay, I thought that would that was pretty unique because I don't know too yeah, many that. Sure. Have that real-time mechanism involved. What I really like about that is that the players determine when you're done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when somebody, somebody's got to make the decision, this is as good as it's going to get. Because yeah. <laughs> that timer, if I, re- if I recall correctly, the timer can can run out, but until someone, no, until Actually someone flips. flips the timer, yeah. So the timer can just sit there and you can be puttering away until someone flips that yeah. timer. Yeah, it's the, timer like, has to, the timer has to be flipped three times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at, at the end, at the end of the third flip, that's when it's thinking you're, about you're, it. You're done. You're done. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting flustered. Just yeah, you're right. I'm getting flustered just thinking about building my ship. I want to play that game again. <laughs> well, there's a new edition coming out. No, ooh, that's right. Brand brand new edition, cheaper, cheaper edition too. There, there, they made a couple streamlined. And that wasn't a segue to like a, an ad or anything. It was just happenstance. All right, Ian. Okay, so let's talk about the second major part, which is how the tiles are placed and what that does for the game and for you as a player in the game. I want to just quickly touch on the idea of you can actually do this in two different ways on where the tiles go. I would say they're separated into a collective board creation, which of course is what Carcassonne is. Everybody is contributing to the same board and putting tiles all in the same spot. Versus a personal, which I think is probably the more dominant in numbers of games. So this would be something like a lumbra, right? Where you're making your own personal little area with mm-hmm. your where you take your tiles into your spot. I was trying to think of other collective ones other than Carcassonne. I got uh, one. I got yeah. one. What's what you got there, Ryan? Classic Suro. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. and so so what if people don't know what Suro is? It's um kind of it's kind of like a based off an old Japanese gambling game 
where you're placing down tiles, but you also have a marker. And so you always have to place a tile such that, and they, and they got these interwinding paths on all these tiles, but they always end up in the same configurations, like on the edges of the tile. So that they always, all tiles are always going to match up with one another. And you always have to place the tile so that it's going to progress your piece along a certain pathway. And eventually all the other players at the table it plays up to eight players, which is very chaotic. And <laughs> that's a good event, word. That's event, a word. Yeah. And eventually <laughs> the tile that you place is not going to only just advance your piece, but it could also start advancing other people's pieces. And you kind of got to make sure that you kind of follow the paths. And then if two pieces ever run into each other, they're eliminated from the game. Or if you make another player's piece fall off the edge of the board, they're eliminated. And then eventually there's probably, well, hopefully there's only just ever just one player left standing at the end of the game. Suro is a, 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 a fantastic classic, I would say, in tile laying. Yeah, it has great spatial reasoning. It really is. Yeah. Um, I have something to contribute to this common creation of a board. Uh, now, again, maybe, maybe not. Terraforming Mars. You're all putting tiles onto this mm -hmm. Mars map and you're creating and you're developing. And sometimes you don't want the volcano over, you know, or sometimes you don't want, right? I mean, it just moves around. Yeah. Yeah. Terraforming Mars is an interesting one too, because uh, the, the, the tile placement isn't, isn't the main mechanism no. of the, of the no. game. No, but it is a game that incorporates something like, like where you place those tiles does matter. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking, if I can lose the game because of it, then it matters. And I've <laughs> lost the game a lot of times because I didn't put out enough uh, cities or I didn't put out. Any, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's another good yeah. Another good example is a choir. Oh, where yeah. you're, you, you basically have like a, a hand of tiles and you can decide which ones you're going to place out. Mm -hmm. But it's all collective. You're building these hotel chains and the hotel chains grow in size based on the clumps of yeah. tiles that you have on them. I love and, that game. And you can, of course, merge. Depend if you've got the right tile, you yeah. can merge two companies and those. Or you it's can always buy, interesting. buy stocks and then, oh yeah, no, I, I, oh. And you get excited when you have game. one of those merge tiles because you're like, oh yeah, I get to decide what happens now. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then right when it's your turn, the person to your right puts one down and, and starts the last franchise. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Yeah. Um, fire is another good one. Yeah. Um, some of some other ones that uh, are collective that I would say, oh, I got um, another good one. Yeah. Uh, Tigris and Euphrates. Oh yeah. And Tigris and Euphrates definitely has roots in a choir. I would say with that, yeah. the, the merging idea. Yeah. 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 Uh, Takanoko. Yes. Everybody's building out the same board. You, you take the action to add a tile to the board and where you place that tile is obviously going to matter if you have um, the area cards, like how the, how the lands are shaped. And you might be also benefiting other players by placing those down too, if they have area cards. This one's going to make Ryan want to play it even more. Dominant species. Yeah, I still haven't played it. Yeah. I'm so upset. That one, <laughs> I... I love building maps in dominant species because absolute chaos can happen. Yeah. And then we've got the personal ones, which would be Alumbra, Isle of Sky. Isle of Sky is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're building yeah. your personal ones. Glenmore would fall under that category as well. Uh, would uh, like things like Castles of Burgundy. Castles yeah. of Burgundy. Would, would something like Baron Park be considered? Because yeah. you're polyomino tiles, you're building it in front of you. Yep. Yeah. My, 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 my comment here is a tile laying game is every polyomino game ever made. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. It's kind of like its own subgenre. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> this episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at Breakout Escape and Board Game Lounge right here in Saskatoon. Using industry leading technology, Breakout Escapes escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. 
So let's talk about the different things that players achieve by placing their tiles. I came up with three main ones and then you guys can add to it as well and kind of talk about highlighted games, I suppose. So I said placing workers on the tiles, which of course I thought of Carcassonne, right? Yeah. And what do those workers do on the tiles? Um, Scoring points according to neighboring tiles. And the first thing that comes to mind is suburbia. Mm -hmm. The suburbia is all about that. And then scoring points according to overall tiles, which would be like the Alumbra type scoring. Who's got the most of this type of building and who's got the most of this type of building? I would say those are kind of the three main ways that tiles are used. Uh, yeah, yeah, other than building the, the for them people to build out um, the map. Yeah. Because I would say uh, one of the one things I was trying to think of here is um, Castles of Burgundy because all of the tiles, when you all the different tile, different colored tiles do something different yeah. for you in the game. And of oh, course, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. The tile, the placing themselves as the action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so when you acquire, and then when you acquire the tile, it's in a market, like you have to use your dice to activate um, that market space to actually claim the tile. Then you also have to use your dice to actually place the tile onto your personal player board. But yeah, like there's the ships that allow you to go up on the turn order track and also get goods. Or you can, um, the brown buildings are always the ones that all do completely different things. And so those are the ones that Ian always goes for. Yeah. The ones that cascade actions. I love them. (laughs) Yeah. The ones that grant you like the bonus actions. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any, yeah. It's so, it's so interesting to look at it in that approach. So give us give us your topics again. So there's there's so we got placing the workers on the tiles, yeah. uh, scoring points according to neighboring tiles. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's so a synergy. That's that yeah. yeah, that's that Bezier Games thing because that's who did Suburbia. They also did the castles of Mad King Ludwig. Yeah. Um, this would also be um the uh, between two cities from Stonemaier Games. Have you guys played between two cities? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so that's always about so you're built you you and your neighbor are each building like cities um with your neighbor on your left and your neighbor on your right and all where the tiles are placed uh it matters because if it, certain tiles are in a certain yeah. configuration they're going to score you points or is it a set collecting type of thing yeah. with certain tiles or is it there's no workers being placed on that one. Sorry, I sorry I I was thinking trying to think of a worker placement one but what would you guys say? I don't know if this falls in your category, but uh, laying tiles down to create a map that has uh, a unique configuration to it, like Akrotiri, where you're creating these little archipelagos, but there's temples on it, and you're trying of different. Uh, I think there's four or five different colors, and you're trying to arrange this map tile building in such a manner that your your um, treasure card or your what you're trying to accomplish in regards to finding that temple um, fits with the fits with the configuration of your card because yeah, you're, you're not putting people yeah, on a, yeah yeah that, that that's an interesting one too because the accurate is that whole concept of the collective map yeah building building the collective map and placing the tiles but then also um being able to visit all of those locations to be able to pr- to score your personal objectives. Yeah. I would say it fits more into that concept of it's the building of the collective map thing. I think yeah. we, 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 we seem to actually come up with a lot more of these ideas. Yeah, that we, now that we actually are brainstorming them. Yeah, yeah because um, other ones that we didn't touch on, but I think you have later on, like... Yeah, um, we'll talk about these later. Yeah, yeah, we got, got those ones coming up. Um, I'm trying to think of the I like other that ways. idea. The other, the other thing I can think of is King Domino. Yeah, where which is a really straightforward one, right? Where you're basically you're trying to get as much forest together as you can and as much ocean together as you can. Continuity, yeah. I would say it's a great learning tile game, right? Like that's well, yeah. It's it's almost like Sushi Go is the great uh, drafting learning game. Yeah. I would say King Domino would be a great one for just learning the basic ideas of t- how tiles can work in games. And it's right in the t- name, Dominoes. Yeah. Dominoes <laughs> is a tile yeah. game. I guess we didn't, we didn't even go there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> wow, can't see the forest uh, through the trees. But I, I, how many of us have actually played actual Dominoes in like recent recently yeah okay yeah recently. i'm just thinking 
There's many a times at the lake that it's been rainy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would say that games, this is kind of where games can find their creativity, right? And what right. exactly they do with their tiles. This is oh, where yeah. we get a wide gamut of interesting ideas. Yeah. The next thing I want to go on to is just, just want to mention, and Ryan was already about to go there, just the idea that we've mostly been talking about games where this is the main thing. And when I, when I think of tile games, these are the games I think of, right? These, the ones where putting your tile down is the main idea, but this is something that's used in so many games as a secondary or tertiary mechanic Mm -hmm. and usually in exploration games. So things like archipelago and eclipse, right? Where you're exploring and adding tiles to the games what are some Robinson others Crusoe? you can think of where it's, I would say even dominant species, right. Yeah. Would be, would be, it's, that's not the main goal of the game, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's a big part and it's still. And, yeah. and, I, and I've seen a general trend now where instead of actually using cardboard tiles to build out the, the exploration of the map, because let's face it card, I would say that cardboard could get expensive if you have a very large world, very large map, other places, other games are starting to use cards yeah. in place of the in place of the cardboard tiles. But I'm thinking of like things like the games like Seven Continent and um, Tainted Grail, where the map has to be built out. But you, they they chose to use cards. So there's hundreds, hundreds yeah. of cards. Well, even to build out the maps. Even the game you talked about earlier, Santa Monica. I mean, they yeah. they're using the cards as tiles. As if you don't if tiles. you don't have tiles, you're not a tile game. Sorry, <laughs> it has to be thicker than a card. That's that little appendices. <laughs> okay, okay. So so we're going back to revisit uh, the yeah. the definition. Yeah, cannot have cards. Now with this exploration <laughs> so it involves acquiring tiles, not cards. Uh, uh, the exploration part, I love Robinson Crusoe for the fact that it's like. Mm. That's that's the anxiety is all right. Okay, we're gonna push and we're gonna flip this tile and then oh no, right? I mean, or you know, hurrah! I mean, I, yeah, I, I like the uh, I like the tension um, yeah. with the exploration in that game for sure. And I mean, exploration could be its own. We could have a, our, our own topic just on exploration games. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. want to mention it because it is you know we are placing tiles and the space matters and yeah. But it's cool. kind of its own different subset. I don't know. What do you guys think? Any any others that we haven't talked about that you want to mention? Um, I'm I'm just kind of looking through looking through a little research. Um, now, have we talked about something along? I'll I'll mention the game and then we can decide how it's how it's uh, put into classification. Tashkalar. You're putting little round tiles down to create patterns to trigger special effects of, you know, as far as the theme goes, magical conjuration, right? Um, uh, I, I, in my head, I'm, I'm thinking that works, right? Yeah. It, it, and the way, the way that it works is that the tokens that you're placing out are actual cardboard token um, tiles. Round tiles. When, <laughs> when, 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 when they, when they could have easily been something that, I'm, I'm, I'm having tar- you Are you this d- one on me. I'm having a hard time with this one. Okay. I'm having a hard time with Tash. If, if people don't know what Tashkalar is, nail, uh, Norm uh, it's, na- it's, nailed it's it on the head basically, um, you're basically two, thematically speaking, you're two wizards that are having a pit fight with uh, your magic. And you're dropping these um, somewhat generic, somewhat, uh, you know, different in, in, in slight capacities, these these round tiles on a, on a grid pattern board to create um, magical compositions according to your cards. And then you'd set the card down and go, okay, I'm triggering this effect and I'm going to blow up the tiles that I see in front of me in this straight line or, or how the special effect of the card goes. But you're basically having a, uh, a uh, um, <laughs> uh, magic wizard uh, um, throwdown uh, with an abstract tile composition in front of you that dynamically changes and gets destroyed. And, and, and of course the game, you're trying to reach these objectives, but I think, I mean, it's definitely got the spatial piece to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's very, it's very, it's very hard. It's a super underrated game too. Yeah. Um, One I just thought about 
it, it falls into the category of you're building up your own personal player board. Um, but it's, it's something that I don't see very often in it. it the game's called Gingerbread House by Phil Walker Harding, um, the same guy who did Baron Park, um, another polynomial tile. But this one in uh, uh, Gingerbread House, they're, they're domino-like tiles, like they're just two squares, but the whole purpose of the game is um, building up, like stacking the tiles on top of one another. When you stack them up, um, it triggers what resources you get, and then it just ends up being a, a whole set-collecting um, type of game by cashing in those resources to fulfill recipes, um, essentially like gingerbread recipes and stuff like that. But there's a whole, there's the whole spatial aspect of um, covering up and being able to stack. And you can't stack two tiles together unless if the, you can't have them like fall lopsided, they have to be able to sit flat. I think so you have to build up the base and then you have to build up the next level and then the next level and then the next level. And then eventually you have this, the, like a bold, bold probably a five layer little mini gingerbread house at the <laughs> very end. Hey there. If you like the content that we produce and the type of show we're creating, please leave a happy rating on iTunes or the podcast platform that you use. This would be such a great gift and it would help make it easier for others to find us when they search for board game podcasts. And thanks for listening. Cool. Okay. What, what do you get? So, go ahead, Ian. Sorry. I was just going to say, well, I was going to lead us to our concluding thoughts here right away. So, if you I was going to throw one, one throw. game that we haven't mentioned that I think needs to have some, you know, uh, dissection done Keyflower. Because Keyflower mm. uses the tiles and a whole bunch of all these other mechanisms, too. Um, right. Right. I would say the, the spatial element is maybe not as pronounced. I mean, it's there, but not yeah. overly. But you do place the workers on the tiles to do, and things. and you're trying to, and sometimes you're trying to build your own little, you know, yeah. hamlet in front of you. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, Keyflower should be in that conversation. Is it is a tiling, but again, it's like it's the tiling is the how how did how did he put it the tertiary yeah type of type type of mechanic to it because periphery yeah really Keyflower the is so interesting because if like if you had to. If you had to come up with one main thing of what it is, I don't know. I couldn't pick it. Like Keyflower <laughs> yeah. is just an such auction. A, no, it's not uh, an auction. It's cool worker game. placement. No, it's a tiling game. Yeah, it's yeah. all. It's all. It's all of those things. It's and all things to all people. And I guess we can have that brief conversation. That's what makes some of these games that we talk about so often. That's why they're talked about because they have so many of these things going on inside of them. You can't put them into one genre and so therefore they're talked about consistently in all these other genres like we'll we'll talk about key flower and auction games we'll talk about key flower today in tiling we'll talk about key flower and worker placement yeah. the talk um, about key flower with crazy player screens yeah <laughs> <laughs> um my brains my brain just quickly jumped back to the whole tashkalar tile um, um pattern building and from what Ian, you brought this game up before Hive. Okay, that's a that's a tile laying tile laying pattern building game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm only going off um, of what you what you told before. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like you're not really. It's not like you don't get the tiles, right? You just just start with all your tiles. So mm -hmm. that's a little different. That's more. It's more chess like, right? Where you just you have your pieces in play already. You just yeah. just moving them. It'd be more like a like the tiles, more like a go piece where you could just put a stone there to represent something. Right. Okay. Okay. I was trying but, to push the envelope I mean, as far as I could push it. <laughs> it's a great game though. Go play Hive. Yeah. So well, what do we well, think? Well, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. You go. What do we think are some of the advantages of game like what do we really like about tile games and what are some issues that can come up with with tile games what i really like about tile laying games is when i acquire the game brand new i have tons of cardboard to punch <laughs> out <laughs> you just yeah. gotta hope it doesn't rip off just that little bit of cardboard in the corner oh you gotta tear. make sure that you gotta, you gotta oh. make sure that the uh, the perforation is yeah. just perfect that they just pop out just ever so Ever so beautifully. 
the thing that scratches the itch for me is the uh, is the map building, creating yes. something. I was gonna say that too. Yeah, yeah, that's a big draw. Because yeah, yeah, it's it's like you feel like you're building something up, and and it's always like arranges it itself differently. Yeah. Like yeah, your yeah. Mad yeah, so, King castle is going to be different than the last time you made a Mad King castle. Yeah, all the all the like you'll never build the same routes in Suro every uh, like all, all the same. Like you can have a you can have a general strategy of where you want to go on the board, but oh man, it's going to be so hard to get there. And there's only just the finite amount of tiles. Yeah, yeah, the finite amount. We we never actually really touched on that piece too. Like these games where we're building them out, the games where you have like a hand versus hey draw one and then place one where it's like there's sometimes there's a strategic more strategic element if you actually do like have like a um hand of tiles like say two or three tiles that you have to when it comes around to your turn yeah to be able to to be able to choose to place one down rather than the fact of just drawing one straight off the top and now i have to decide right now what i'm going to do with that tile like like there's a couple different ways you can play carcassonne yeah, I don't know I which one. I don't know which one's the actual one in the in the you, rule book. You draw a tile. Yeah. But what we do is we draw a tile after we play so that you have the whole round to to look at it and plan. Yeah. If yeah. you have if you wear like a monocle and a top hat, you can be one of these people like, well, I like to have three tiles at a time and have a hand. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but that's the snob way of playing. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. We're taking a oh, no, stance. I, I, no, I, I like I like the one that we play with the you draw the tile at the end of your turn so that you kind of sit yeah. around a couple turns to try to figure. That out. That just makes the game go faster. Yeah, really, is what it does. Oh, it does. Oh, it, does. <laughs> oh, it really yeah. it does, doesn't it? <laughs> cool, cool. But yeah, there is that that idea that I guess if you if you do look at it new, we're like, oh well, now I have to now I have to make my plans. So, but yeah, it's easy to work around. So it is a setback, but it's easy to fix. Oh, and oh, honestly, I, I'm sorry for making fun of all the people who like to do the hand in Carcassonne. <laughs> I get it. It's fine. How, okay. Okay. How a good about, Canadian guilt got, getting to you, wasn't it? <laughs> how about the games that have so many tiles? They say make one stack of tiles, but the stack is like so high. What about just like, oh, I, I, it just bugs you're, me that the tiles are always now. <laughs> I know because it was like I always just make like three or four smaller stacks and say you just draw off one of the top one one You're off such one a of the rebel. stacks. What a rebel! Well, one of the Carcassonne expansions has comes with the draw bag, and I'm like, why is that not just in the base game? Because the draw <laughs> bag is key, <laughs> right? You or like I have bag, uh, yeah. like I have like the tower expansion it actually has like a cardboard tower to stack the tiles into. Yeah, I have that too, but the bag's better. Yeah, I didn't think back then they they didn't think we would overthink it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, sometimes there's just so many tiles you can't make just one stack. You have to make multiple little stacks, or just get the bag. Just get the bag. Or just get the bag. Or just throw them in the box lid. <laughs> that is crazy, man! That is crazy. <laughs> well, I love cats. The box lid is so freaking deep. You just toss all the tiles just into that lid. And then your cat will come and eat them. <laughs> All right. So do, uh, what do we have for some closing on, on this wonderful world of tiles? I think there's a lots of room for, to games to make it their own, right? Like the, there's so many different options. We talked about a few basic ways, but even in those, like even in scoring according to the neighboring tiles and, things like that, there's still a lot of variation that can happen. So I think there's lots of room to make your own unique uh, yeah. tile game. I think it just takes a creative mind to look at it from, you know, three degrees off a of center and go, hey, I wonder if this would work because yeah. there's so much potential. Yeah. Right on. Ryan, anything to, to close up? I'm laying tiles <laughs> all night long. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad we don't have to pay licensing fees for that because nobody really would understand what. <laughs> no one knows. It. Yeah. I don't even know what's That's going. That's like on the most point. oddest reference. <laughs> I'm, I'm two beers in. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if you've made it this far and you're confused, well, so am I. So uh, that being said, uh, I'm happy 
to be your host, Norm. I'm Ryan David Wilcox Rao. <laughs> and I've been Ian. We really have to get Ryan to say this last because he's always got something stupid to say. And then I just feel like I'm like. You're like cleaning up with the broom. (laughs) Here we go. All right. And we'll catch you later. This has been an episode of Cardboard Conjecture, and we are Bridge City Board Gamers. And you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Board Gamers Saskatoon. You can find us on YouTube, Bridge City Board Gamers. We are also on Twitter, at BC Board Gamers. And of course, Board Game Geek, Guild number 3039.